0: I'm going to give you the number one reason to be excited about the future of the Cincinnati Reds right here on today's podcast. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker, who is out today. He'll actually be back later on today, which quick announcement before we get into all of the content for you here on this episode is that right after the Reds and Cubs YouTube game of the week, We will be live right here on the Locked On Reds YouTube page. If you're listening on audio, make sure you join us on the Locked On Reds YouTube page. We will be live. We'll be taking questions and comments. We'll be recapping the game. Plus, I have a question for you about the term hot seat that you're not going to miss. But, by the way, you are Locked On Reds. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you so much for making me your first listen. Uh, I'm free, and so Steve. Uh, Locked on Reds is free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the win last night in which Mike Minor pitched well, Aristides Aquino did what Aristides Aquino does to the Cubs, and the Reds got a win, but we have got to start off first uh, by saying that today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you, so you never have to go to a dealership again so next time you need to buy a car just grab your phone go to vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars okay really what we're talking about first the number one a number one top of the list reason to be excited about the future of the cincinnati reds uh say it with me Ellie de la Cruz. If you didn't know about Ellie de la Cruz, well, you've probably been living under a rock a little bit, but he is phenomenal baseball America as a overall player rates him as a 60 on a scale of 20 to 80 means they think he's going to be a very, very good major league player. Whenever he finally gets up, he's currently in double a Chattanooga and he's setting. Double A on fire. The Southern League named him their player of the month for August. It is his first actual full month in the Southern League with the lookouts. And he got player of the month. Just let that sink in for a minute. He was called up on July 22nd. So he spent, what, what's that, nine days or whatever there in uh July and then he jumps into August where for the entire month he had a 355 batting average of 425 on base and he slugged 688 he had 19 extra base hits in 24 games in the month of August there's obviously a reason why everybody is excited about him and I'm trying to let you know that if you don't know about Italy de la Cruz and the just fire that he is going to bring to great American ballpark. When he gets caught up, I believe late next year, because he's just on a complete tear in the minor leagues. We're going to get to a point where even triple A is not going to be able to contain the awesomeness. That is Ellie de la Cruz. He's got so much going for him. The scouting scale that we've used on the podcast. I just used it a moment ago, but we've used it before is 20 to 80, right? If you're 20, why are you here? If you're an 80, why are you in the minor leagues? You should be in the major leagues. But when you look at LA de la Cruz, and at least according to baseball America and what they have for him, he has a 70 grade speed 70. That means there's only a little bit more that he could have been to been a perfectly fast dude. He has a 70 grade arm. Dude can chuck it And he's got 60-grade power. Dude can absolutely blast pitches that are left out over the plate. And we have seen it all season long in the minor leagues. Absolutely killing it throughout all levels. He is hitting 296 this year. That's insane, man. That's like 400 plate appearances, and he's hitting 296. Just absolutely Phenomenal numbers and the stats themselves, it's hard to look at a statistic and say, well, this is obviously going to translate to the major leagues. This is what he's going to do. But when you also see these scouting grades and you say, these are the tools that he has, these are what you can expect from him on a daily basis. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So excited for the next big thing. He is the next big thing for the Cincinnati Reds, and He's the reason we we, we talk about Steve and I continue to mention 2024 as the year that we really can start having expectations. I firmly believe that because he's going to be up in 2023. And when LA de la Cruz is in this lineup and he goes with Jonathan India, Spencer steer, Tyler Stevenson, you're going to have some other dudes coming up like Matt McClain. This team is going to be so good. Yes. This year has sucked and the the stretch run that we have here in September is more like a stretch limp. But the future is bright and the future's not 5 years down the road. I've heard a lot of people saying, "Boy, we're getting back to the playoffs in 2033." No, it's going to be sooner than that. You can you can put that down. You can put the over, you know, on that one. I guess it'd be the under 2033. Yeah, anyway, whatever. 2024, 2025, those are the two years that I'm looking at. 2024 specifically, they're going to be a 500 team, whether that gets them into the playoffs or not. Different conversation for how the league itself looks. But the reason that we're so excited about this future starts with Eli De La Cruz, because he is going to be, I, I said this about Hunter Green and being in the Cy Young conversation multiple times, and I still believe that. Ellie de la Cruz is going to be in the MVP conversation multiple times, many times in his career. And I can't wait for that because he does everything. He's not just a hitter. He's not just a fielder. He's not just a runner. He does it all. And this is a dude that came out of relative obscurity. He was not a high draft pick. He was an international signing that the Reds made. They didn't even give him a huge signing bonus. We always talk about, you know, if you want to see how teams value a prospect when it comes to the international signing bonus, since there's not like, you know, draft picks and you can't say, well, this guy was a first rounder. You kind of follow the money a little bit. Well, that doesn't even work for LA de la Cruz. Cause his signing bonus uh, was not substantial. I think it was less than a hundred thousand dollars. So you're looking at a dude who has come from just about as low as you could be on the expectation totem pole. And he is now absolutely higher than you ever would have thought, because this is the number one reason he is the next big thing. That is Ellie de la Cruz. But you know, in the present we're talking we're happy about the future with Ellie de la Cruz, but in the present, the reds won a game last night. And it was thanks to two guys who have had some rough years as the season winds down, it's good to see these types of performances. And we'll look at that next. But like I mentioned, summer's winding down, the nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff that's right this episode is brought to you by blue chew guys we all know that confidence can take you far in life that's especially true in the bedroom especially when it's time to step up to the plate that's where blue chew comes in blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra and cialis but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost you can take them anytime day or night so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with our licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman, because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your first month for free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information, and we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. Coming up tomorrow, well, coming up later today, really, we will have live reaction right here on YouTube, and we'll have the podcast form tomorrow if you're listening on audio for the recap of the Reds game. Plus, I have a key question for you, and I'm going to ask Steve this question as well about hot seats and what they have to do with the Cincinnati Reds. But first, let's get back to what happened last night. Mike Miner and Aristides Aquino went off and they powered the Reds to a win look this is the time of year where guys like minor and Aquino have re- have to really dig deep because if you look at the years that both of them have had very uninspiring not the kind of years that you're like okay these guys might have something for us Mm-mm. but this is where a professional athletes just otherworldly competitive nature comes into play because guys like Aquino and Mike minor have to prove something only not only to us, but to themselves. Now there's something about the Cubs that just brings out the best in Aristides Aquino. In fact, Mark Sheldon had a beautiful stat on his post-game recap said that now 31% of Aristides Aquino's career home runs have come against the Cubs. 31%. 31%. There's like, you know, 28 other teams out there that he's going to play. And probably one day he'll play against the Reds, but he's hit 31% of his career home runs against one of them. And that's the Chicago Cubs. They, they, for, for everything that we Reds fans just are are not sure what we did to offend Ian Happ and Ian Happ just absolutely murders us. Aristides Aquino does that to the Cubs. Maybe he had a bad Chicago hot dog or something. Maybe, maybe they didn't give him the sesame seed, bun. maybe, maybe they gave him a wheat bun. They're just like, yeah, we're going to give this guy. He's not even going to know. And he's going to be like Chicago dog, man. You got to give me that sesame seed bun. But he has absolutely murdered Cubs pitching. I even heard our friends over at locked on Cubs the other day, talk about, Hey, Aristides Aquino went over. Yeah. Take that Aquino. He back. Uh, Yeah, great night for him. Absolutely killed. His first home run went on to Waveland Avenue. I know that's like a thing for Cubs fans to be like, oh, it's all the way to Waveland Avenue. Aristides Aquino did that. Absolutely murdered that. He even had another hit too. He had an RBI single uh, in the middle of the game. The Reds poured it on the Cubs in this one. They just absolutely jumped all over Cubs pitching. And they were working walks, getting timely hits, just building it up. But Aristides Kino led the attack. But then on the other side of things, we've seen this too this year where it's like, okay, Red's hitting's getting the job done. Red's pitching wasn't. Not last night. Actually, Mike Minor pitched well. He only gave up one run. And let's look at Mike Minor. Let's kind of look, uh, you know, zoom out. We'll zoom out a little bit on Mike Minor because. You remember that stretch where he was about to tie Homer Bailey for the most like consecutive losses the Reds, you know, in his starts because the Reds lost ten consecutive Mike Minor starts and he almost lost eleven, which would have tied Homer Bailey. But then, since then, the Reds have actually won three of four. He's turned it around. In fact, in his last eight starts, he has a four point seven ERA. Now, when I say turned it around. That means he went from uh, to eh, eh, whatever. Uh, because, you know, when you go 4.7 ERA, that's a slight bit less than a quality start per uh, outing. Because a quality start is six innings of three runs or less. If you go six innings and you give up three earned runs, that's a 4.5 ERA 4.7. He's right there with him. And in his last eight starts, what's the one thing we've said all year long that absolutely bites Mike Miner in the butt homers. He's only allowed six of them in his last eight starts. In fact, and I didn't even talk about it yesterday, but I haven't touched the over with Mike Miner pitching because he's actually kind of been a little bit better but a little bit better for him is, you know, definitely not horrible. It's just kind of whatever. And when you look at Aristides Aquino, the performances that he's put together, it's like, it's nice. You know, this last week or so has been good for him. He's had a couple of multi-hit games. He's hitting some dingers. He's got that grand slam. Things are looking all right for him. Still batting a buck 99 on the season. Like he's got a long road to hoe to look back on this season and see the numbers and be like, you know what? Okay. I I, I can deal with that because if you end the season with a one at the start of your batting average, I can't imagine that that feels very good. And he's trying his best to get in there. But if you look at baseball reference, he's played more games at right field than even Tyler Naquin has now. So they now officially list him as the main right fielder for the Reds this season. Cause they do it based on games played and all that other stuff. But what's more important and what's more interesting to me, because we, we noted the difference in the way that baseball reference and Fangraphs value Aristides Aquino Aristides Aquino, according to Fangraphs, now has a 1.4 wins above replacement, which is officially more than he had in 2019. Yeah. This year has been better than 2019 for Aristides Aquino who figured, but according to that, that puts him in the top 10. That, that puts him as the third best uh, active red in war right now because you had Luis Castillo, you had Tyler Malley, you had Brandon Drury, you had Tyler Stevenson who's on the IL. They're not playing right now. For the guys that are playing right now, he's in the top five. Of wins above replacement, according to baseball reference. Now, on fangraphs, they have him less than one on the wins above replacement. I don't know what the difference is. That's math, it's above my head. Uh, but when you look at what he has done, it's very confusing because I want the fielding side of Aristides Aquino on this team, I don't want the bat. Unless they're playing the Cubs, which next year, the schedule, they stop playing divisional opponents as much, so they'll play the Cubs less, which means less opportunities for Aries Aquino to go insane uh, at the plate. So I, I still don't look at Aquino and say, yes, he should be an everyday outfielder for this team. Is he talking himself into a bench roll? Is he working himself into Am I talking myself into Aristides Aquino? I think I I need to stop. All right. But you know what? When you look at Aquino and and Mike Minor last night, you know, in the grand scheme of things, neither of these dudes are part of a successful Reds team in the future. But whatever. Last night was fun. It's good to see. Good to see performances from guys like that as they try to write the ship in a season that has not been very good for them all right coming up here in the final segment i want to kind of tease my question for you on today's live show about hot seats and things like that we're going to look at a couple of moves that the reds made and a couple of questions that i have for you based on some questions i saw about a player that is now not playing for the reds that's coming up here in just a minute but first You should follow us on Twitter after the show is over and during games and things like that. We have plenty of takes for you, Steve. You can find him at S Offenbaker with two Fs. You can find me at Jeff Carr with three Fs, just as the graphic says right here on YouTube. Plus you can find the show at locked on reds. We'll keep you up to date all the time on what's going on with the reds on Twitter, because we are locked on reds, your team every day. All right. So let's, let's start off with this because today the Reds are playing on YouTube and right after the game, we're going to be live right here on YouTube on the lockdown Reds YouTube page. And I have a question for you and I want you to think about this because I was reading in the athletic the other day it was at NL central round table with the different beat writers for the athletic for each team. And they asked them all the question, are your manager or general manager on the hot seat? That's an intriguing question because performance wise you would think so with the reds going from just missing the playoffs last year to just missing, being last this year, they still have a chance. They might be last. That's the kind of thing that you look at a manager and you say, all right, but let's break this down because it wasn't David Bell's fault. David Bell lost half his roster before the season even started. They got rid of everybody for him. What's the guy supposed to do? Plus, he just signed a two-year contract extension at the end of last season. So we're not talking about a situation where I think David Bell's on the hot seat. In fact, I would be surprised if the chances of him being fired are greater than 10%. I think it's less than 10% that the Reds move on from David Bell. Also, when you're looking at the general manager spot, that's another thing. Okay, well, if it's not the manager's fault, it's got to be the general manager's fault because it got rid of all his players. Yeah, but he was kind of following orders, right? Like, it's easy to explain exactly what happened. Nick Kral got orders to cut payroll. And as much as we disagree with that, he, he's going to keep his job. I mean... If you get an order at your job, if if somebody at your job tells you I need you to do this, you're just gonna be like, well, <laughs> you see, there's these guys out here at the window. They're they've been watching me. Um, they don't want me to do that. They they think that that's a bad idea. So I'm not gonna do that. They're gonna replace you. And they would replace Nick Crawl if he said no. So what's he gonna do? He's he's gonna follow orders and he's gonna cut payroll. So at the end of the day, this isn't Nick Kroll's fault at all. Plus, nobody was praised more at the trade deadline than Nick Crawl. Nobody. He absolutely killed the trade deadline. Now, we can debate whether or not his roster management on a day-in and day-out basis is desirable, but what he did at the trade deadline probably saved face publicly and uh, behind closed doors as to his status with the team. So in a season where the Reds are terrible, where the Reds' win-loss record is awful and in the garbage can, and they're nowhere near the playoffs and probably just surviving to hopefully not lose 100 games. Nobody's on the hot seat. Should it be that way? I ask you that, and I, I would love to know if you want to drop that in the comment section, or uh, like I said, we're going live after the game today. You can definitely interact with us there. We will be talking a lot about that. We'll also be talking a lot about this because I got some questions yesterday. I think it was days are running together, but yesterday about Colin Moran because Colin Moran was designated for assignment whenever Albert Elmore was activated from the IL and brought up from his rehab assignment. And there were people that were like, "We got rid of Colin Moran." The Reds need him. Do they though? Have you seen Colin Moran's numbers? Not even just this year. Not even, we're not even going to go small sample size. I'm going to go the biggest sample size you can get. Look at his career numbers. Whenever the Reds acquired him this off season, there were Pirates fans that were like, <laughs> good luck. If, if the pirates are saying that, what are we doing? He was a roster guy. He, he was, he was a filler. He was a bench player on a bad team. What's that say? Why, why are we worried about guys like that? This is the point where worrying about veteran guys who you've heard their names. And I think this is where some fans get it twisted. If you've heard a guy's name before, that doesn't necessarily mean he needs to be on the roster over this prospect that you don't know anything about. Because the prospect that you don't know anything about is going to be the guy who grows into the guy anchoring a playoff roster for the Cincinnati Reds. Colin Moran has shown throughout his career that that was not going to happen. Don't lose your head over Colin Moran losing his job. just, that's all I got. I I don't, I don't understand anybody asking questions about Colin Moran. I I don't. The only question I had about Colin Moran was Colin Moran. Really? And not to be insulting to the guy. He just, his career has been very unimpressive. And if we're getting that excited and we're getting that bent out of shape over a guy whose career has been very unimpressive. Just you wait. There's a lot of moves coming this off season. Because the Reds have to add a lot of guys to the 40-man roster to protect them from the Rule 5 draft and things like that, and guys who they're going to call up next year. There's going to be some hard decisions made. And I think we're going to say goodbye to some people that you know in favor of people that you don't. And you're probably going to be confused by it, but I'm going to be in the corner celebrating. Just how it is. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Like I said... Reds and Cubs are the YouTube game of the week. They're going to be live on YouTube coming up here in a little over an hour, depending on when you're listening or watching this. Join us on the Locked On Reds YouTube page live after the game. I cannot wait for this to happen but that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed, wherever you're listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, make sure you also click that bell to get notified whenever we go live or whenever we have a new episode coming for you as it premieres, you will get a notification on your phone. If you click that bell. Now, thanks for making us your first listen, check out the ultimate pro football preview 2022 locked on brings together all of their local experts for every single team previews. Every division gives you predictions, answers the tough questions, and also brings in Lee Sterling from locked on Bets to give you a sports gambling angle as well. That's the ultimate pro football preview 2022. You can find it on the odyssey app on YouTube. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts right alongside locked on reds. Make sure that you join us today for the live show. Looking forward to interacting with everybody. The hot seat and the Reds. Should it be more of a thing?